Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, January 2nd, 2023. Happy New Year. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The Chiefs won again. They win a lot, but they don't always look good doing it. Isn't that the definition of being spoiled? Well, anyway, the Chiefs have Super Bowl ambitions, and if they play like they did in Sunday's 27-24 victory over the Denver Broncos, they're not going to the Super Bowl, much less win them. Star columnists Sam McDowell and Vahe Gregorian, plus beat writers Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell broke it down in post-game fashion on Sportsbeat Live. It's now presented as a Sportsbeat KC podcast. Hear what we thought about the Chiefs' biggest issues. Okay, let's get started. Hello, welcome to Sportsbeat KC. This is our, actually it's Sportsbeat Live, not Sportsbeat KC. It becomes Sportsbeat KC in a podcast later. But right now it's Sportsbeat Live. It's a Chiefs postgame show. We're going to talk about the Chiefs' 27-24 victory over the Denver Broncos. And we're going to talk about them with you. So please send us your questions, your comments. Lee has already weighed in. So has Mike. How about those Chiefs? A win is a win, but geez, when will we dominate teams like we should dominate? We're going to talk about that. <laughs> we are going to talk about that. Um, so Chiefs win uh, 27-24. Uh, first of all, listen, we're starting about 15 minutes late today, and we, we try to start about five hours after kickoff, but um, when the game's not decided by the two-minute warning, then – uh, we, we end up starting a little bit late, and that was the case today. We didn't expect it to be that way, but there it was inside the two-minute warning. Still don't know who's going to win the game between the 12-3 and three Chiefs and the whatever 11 and whatever Broncos. But the Chiefs end up winning it, and I thought, guys, look, we've got a full house. Jesse Newell, Vahe Gregorian, Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell. It's great to see everybody. I thought what we would do to start is let's let's talk about the good stuff that happened and then in a minute or two, we'll get to the bad stuff. So um, we've um, let, let's. I wrote I wrote down on a list the good things that happened for the Chiefs today. Uh, they're thirteen and three. They're still the number two seed in the playoff picture, at least through Monday Monday Night Football. And all they need to do to be the number one seed is have the Bengals hold serve at home against the Buffalo Bills. And if that happens, and the Chiefs win next week against the uh, the Vegas Raiders then uh, Chiefs will be the number one seed in the AFC playoff. That's a huge thing. Patrick Mahomes, three touchdown passes today, um, and uh, that gives him 40 on the year. He surpassed 5,000 yards in passing, became only the third quarterback with multi-5,000-yard multi passing seasons. That's a good thing. Jarek McKinnon stayed hot. He's hot, 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 two touchdown receptions. The defense, four sacks, two takeaways, five tackles for loss. And given all that, um, I don't think this should have been a game that was as close as it was. So, Sam, we'll start with you. Why was this game as close as it was? Well, I mean, when you go through the, the, the turnovers, I mean, first of all, and that starts with the, the punt return turnover, which um, I joked on Twitter it took three of us to do this math, but, but Jesse, Herbie, and I are looking up to see it's the fifth time that they have lost a fumble on a kick return of some sort, four of them on punt returns and one of them on a kickoff. But so, I mean, that, that's reason number one, but reason number two is the quarterback went through a really bad stretch in the third quarter, like his worst stretch of the season. And it was odd because it came like with bookends around it to where he was fine. Um, but he completely lost his mechanics in the third quarter to 
the point where the five of us are having a conversation saying is that the injury, he got hit pretty hard in the, in the second quarter there. Andy Reid said that had nothing to do with it. Patrick Mahomes said that had nothing to do with it. And eventually his press conference or his news conference became something where it, I felt like we were talking to Brad Keller about losing his mechanics in the fifth <laughs> inning of a game or something and trying to dissect how you get him back, what exactly was going wrong. And um, look, I'll let somebody else chime in here, but when you see that, I think it's natural to wonder, is this a concern going forward? And I guess the good or bad thing, depending on how you want to look at it, is he has gone through this before. Um, he went through it last year. It's not like he's you know, encountering a new problem here in week uh, 17 of his fifth year of being an NFL starter. Um, but it's not a great, great problem to, to know that it could just suddenly appear in a game like this. I think that's probably the, the alarm bells a little bit. Yeah, but hey, we were we were counting those incompletions, weren't we, uh, to open the second half? That, that was um, he had he had open receivers and uh, was overthrowing, underthrowing, you know, almost having a pass intercepted. It was it's just it was just strange to see that happen. Look, the Broncos are a good defense. You can say he's not going to get away with that against the Bengals or the Bills. Also, good defenses, but the Broncos do have a good defense. They're in the Whatever they're ranked in, in in Pat Kirby, you probably know that off the top of your head. What they're ranked coming into the game passing, but um, uh, but still, still uh, uh, around those were some was pretty good moments for Patrick Mahomes. But I, I was I was stunned by the the performance in the first three series of the second half. Yeah, I, I love the way Sam put it because what what was interesting about it is Patrick phrased it afterwards as like a sudden loss of mechanics, like oh they're just. I just don't have the mechanics right now. And look, I, this is a macho sport. I don't, I don't think Patrick would tell us if, if his knee was bothering his mechanics, right? He just, he just wouldn't. He's usually really expansive on all sorts of complicated things, certainly self, uh, self-critical, but that goes into the realm of excuses. I'm not saying it did throw him off, but I, I think it's possible. Um, and yet, you know, the broader point of everything we're saying is if you extracted just some of these examples of the game today, some of the numbers, you could have a takeaway like, man, the Chiefs are in golden shape and, and, and look at all this. And uh, um, yet you couldn't have watched that game today and not felt like there's, there's something a little funky here. Herbie, um, what uh, let's, you know, Vahe alluded to like Mahomes' knee. He actually was shaken up after a play early in the game, and the Chiefs ended up with some, um, you know, with some walking wounded here today. What, what did Andy Reid say about uh, about Legarius Sneed and Joe Tooney and and uh, and, and perhaps others? Yeah, the, the Chiefs entered Sunday relatively healthy. I mean, no, no surprise in active. No game day designations. This was like probably the healthiest they've been all year. Well, that didn't last long because they, you're right. Walking wounded. Joe Tooney left with a right ankle injury, and Andy Reid said it's the same ankle injury that caught the game earlier or a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so th- that's a concern going into the postseason. Sky Moore had a laceration inside of his hand. He, he was ruled out. And then, of course, Legarius Sneed, with a hip injury that he, he suffered that on the, the interception that helped the Chiefs uh, stave off a, a, a Broncos attempted rally.
But he's also a big thing because if he misses any time, now all of a sudden you've got an all-rookie starting cornerback, and that's going to be a concern heading into the playoffs. So we'll have to wait and see what happens here in the coming week with these injuries. Hey, and Jesse, before we uh, before we trash the special teams, which absolutely deserve it, um, I want to I want to give some credit. As I, I mentioned at the top, you know, there among the good things that happened today, it's it's kind of a little bit of a a um, dichotomy here with the Chiefs' defense. They've given up the two largest point totals to the Broncos this year. And yet I thought they came up with big plays at big moments today. And one of them was the Chris Jones sack at the end of the game. Uh, I, I know that you've spent some some time exploring that. What did you learn about Chris Jones sack? It was a nine yard loss on fourth and two from the, from the Denver 45 Broncos have a kicker with a great leg. They were, um, they were a couple plays away from getting into field goal position, if not taking a couple shots at the end zone here, but Chris Jones made a heck of a play. Yeah, he did. He's become their closer, you know, almost like a closer in baseball. How many of these games down the stretch where it's fourth down and late and they need a play? And, and Chris Jones is the guy to deliver it for him. And so uh, he was that again today, getting that sack. He was very interesting in the postgame talking about how Spags had a certain pressure dialed up. Uh, he knew from that pressure that the center was supposed to block him one-on-one. So instead of being in the spot he was before, he actually slid over a little bit, I think, to kind of give him a better angle on that center, but was able to get by him. Uh, pretty much immediately. So, yeah, it's a great play by Chris Jones, but uh, just another – I mean, he's played really well this year, guys. I know maybe that's the overlooked topic of the year. He talked going into the season about wanting to have his best year. Joe Colon, the new defensive line coach, kind of sp- spoke that up too. Like, I want Chris Jones to have his best year, but best year, but let's give him some credit because this has been his best year. And so uh, he's been amazing, especially in these clutch moments. He was again today for the Chiefs. So Silty here calling us a bunch of homers, chatting it up. He can't wait to see the Chiefs get knocked out of the playoffs again. Um, well, how about you know, chances are they will get knocked out of the playoffs at, at some point? But um, are we being homers here? I, I think we're. I think we blend a critical eye to these Chiefs. What do you think, Sam? Well, I think we spent the first 10 minutes talking about the quarterback having a bad day when he had over 100 rating. He threw three touchdowns and he had 300 yards today. So, um, did, did I don't nothing know to that hurt I, his MVP chances. I don't know that I, I see it that way, silty, um, but uh, do appreciate the listenership. Um, look, what, what it was a really strange game because of the line I just mentioned and. Patrick Mullins was asked after the game, uh, what what from today can you be satisfied with something of that sort? And he said, there's not a lot satisfying for me. And Vahe and I were joking about this when we got back up to the press box after the news conferences, but we're both going back through Andy Reid's tape and transcribing uh, his quotes. And I just turned to him. I go, do you realize every question that you and I asked to Andy, which were about three each, are just negative question, negative, like, Hey, what about the quarterback? What, what's going on with the quarterback? Um, what about Bahi chimes in? What about the special teams? What's going on with the with the special teams turnovers? Oh, and and and, and Tommy Townsend's uh, holding problems. What what's going on with that too? And at the end of the day, I mean, the Chiefs won their their thirteenth game today of the regular season. Um, they're still, depending on what happens tomorrow, potentially going to get a number one seed and try and host their their fifth straight AFC championship game at the stadium we're all sitting in right now. So. I would say we uh, we certainly are critiquing this team at a new level. I think this is a difficult one, Sam, because I thought you wrote a great column a couple weeks ago where Houston 
The Chiefs play the Texans. Some fluky things go wrong, and, you know, they outgained the Texans big time, a couple weird turnovers, and that game goes overtime, but didn't really feel like like the Chiefs maybe that was going to be damning for them. This one, you know, what we always talk about is the reason the Chiefs are so good every single week and how they can overcome mistakes is the fact that they have the quarterback who is just amazing, and he gets them first downs. He gets them touchdowns. He missed a bunch of throws today, guys. I mean, he missed MVS for a touchdown. He missed Sky Moore wide open. And so that's where, you know, I can't shrug this one off. You know, like they had the two turnovers, but the worst play of the game was Russell Wilson's near pick six to LeJarius Sneed. So this really wasn't fluky. This was a close game. And that's because the magic man the Chiefs usually have on a game-to-game basis wasn't so magic today. Again, we can talk about the 300 yards, the 100 passer rating. I mean, he was still good at certain times, but he wasn't to the level that makes the Chiefs almost invincible in these types of situations where you say, okay, the Chiefs need two or three turnovers to put, to put Denver in this. Now, Denver was benefited by those turnovers, but in the end, those turnovers kind of uh, almost evened out. So this was sort of a weird game in the fact that it was close, but the Chiefs kind of deserved for it to be close. And that's really where the concern is and what you talked about, Sam, because this is two weeks in a row where now where Patrick Mahomes has not lifted the Chiefs to a level uh, that you expect him to lift them to. And again, maybe that's unfair standard. Maybe that's us talking too much about it. But uh, there were parts of this game where you looked at him and said, this isn't the guy that, that we've seen throughout the course of this year that makes the Chiefs an elite team. So will that bounce back here next week and then in the playoffs? I think it is definitely something to talk about. But part of yeah, it the, that, there's that ahead, sequence Jim. that, well, like the sequence that we saw to open the third quarter is not a sequence we've seen from Patrick Mahomes all year. And I think, you know, even stretching back into, look, we, we saw the Chiefs offense as a whole struggle uh, through the middle part of last year. And maybe the Tennessee game is one where the quarterback really, really did not play well. But this, the first three drives of the second half today, it was over six, right, Blair? I mean, he missed the first the first six passes of the second half. But it yeah. was it's more just like what those six passes were. I mean, he had Marquez Valdez-Scantling uh, open on deep balls twice, underthrew him once, overthrew him the other time. Um, he had Sky Moore wide open, and we all thought Sky Moore should have caught the ball, but it, it's a terrible pass. Like, if, if this is Alex Smith, everyone is chewing out Alex Smith for that pass afterwards. Um, he almost threw an interception uh, during that, that 0 for 6 sequence that was a terribly underthrown ball. It was just – it was unusual to see – I mean – he misses throws every game. It was unusual to see them all just stacked together and so glaring. In fact, and this is one of the things I, I was leading my story with, but he went up to Marquez Valdez-Scantling after the game and basically apologized to him for the game he had. I can't remember the last time we've heard Patrick Mahomes say something like that. You, you know, just to add to that real quick, I, I could be wrong, but I bet we could track uh, Patrick's whole career and not see six straight incompletions and – probably almost certainly not of the the nature of those and what's extra interesting about that is kind of it comes at at a typically pivotal time of the game right where you expect okay they're coming up back out of the locker room first drive reassert themselves nothing second drive nothing third drive they didn't get any first downs i think on the first three drives right um and that is a disturbing pivotal point of the game as was when the Broncos got back in range, the Chiefs' inability to keep the ball for more than just about two minutes in late in the fourth quarter. Um, so those things all, again, I, I don't want to give him a quote and excuse. I mean, but we've never seen him go through that kind of thing before. He limped off the field earlier. His footwork was off. So there's 
quite conceivably something more to it than just, um, oh, you know, I missed some throws. Yeah, this from a quarterback that had, what, 20 straight completions um, in a game and, and then carried it over one or two in the next game. I, f- I forgot which games. It was the Houston game, the Texans. I can't remember. But um, you know, it was amazing, uh, his, his accuracy in that. It was uh, it was eye-opening, a little bit alarming to see how, how he was missing. I go back to the sky more in completion because he's in the scene. It looks like he'd split the coverage and could have scored. Um, you know, we could have had a 70 yard touchdown on the first series of the second half uh, and in two plays, kind of what the Broncos did to the chiefs in Denver, right. After the, you know, in the, to open the second half there, but, uh, but the, just did not connect. And, and of course, because it's a rookie sky Moore and, and, and Mahomes is throwing to him. I assume it's Moore's fault, you know, for running the wrong route or being in the wrong place, but yeah, maybe, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was just Patrick's bad throw. Real quick, Blair, and we can go over this too. I didn't want to mention uh, a lot of these comments, and George can throw them up here at the bottom, talking about the Chiefs not running the football. And Andy Reid did address this a little bit after the game in his postgame comments, saying basically that Denver was trying to play the run against them, and they liked the looks they were getting. Um, I go, I feel like I'm the guy that kind of always stands on this soapbox a little bit, but uh, I can look at these final numbers. The Chiefs per pass, with all these struggles we talked about, were like 7.8 yards per pass. And for rushing, they were at 2.9 yards per rush. Um, and when we talk about these openings, I mean, MBS was open. <laughs> Sky Moore was open potentially for 60, 70 yard uh, plays. So uh, I'm, I think, feel like I'm the, always the last one to say that Chiefs need to run the ball because overwhelmingly they're way more successful when they throw it, especially with Andy Reid calling the offense, especially with Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. I felt like those openings were still there for the Chiefs. It's just you have to execute. Even going back to the interception that Patrick had, um, I felt like the first Denver game, those were uh, uh, an issue of decision. Like, just take the easy throw. Don't try to be a hero. It felt like this game, we talk about after the knee injury, that was an execution error. Like, and he even talked about it afterwards. Like, Justin Watson was open in the corner of the end zone. He was there for the touchdown, and Patrick Mahomes threw it off by about six yards. So, uh, it, again, we, we can have a difference right here between, I think, um, execution and, and not. And it felt like the Chiefs kept passing it. They kept having openings. And Patrick Mahomes just couldn't hit those guys for whatever reason. They just couldn't get on the same page or couldn't get that accuracy there. So I understand the people saying to run the ball. Obviously, uh, a lot of people out there would like to see them run it more, and it feels like the balance is needed. But, again, Andy Reid's been really successful with Patrick Mahomes not being balanced. And with the looks that they had and the openings they had in the coverage against Denver, a really good defense this year, it seemed to me like a lot of the openings were still there for the Chiefs. They just didn't walk through the door. And that's unfortunate because that's what kept their offense down at least part of the second half. What's interesting? Yeah, it, it was it was Va, it was Vahe. Well, Vahe, it was you who asked the question about not running the ball anymore. And I think you just said, "What the heck, Andy? Why didn't you run the ball more?" <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said it just like that. Um, no, the only the only twist on this, and Jesse's points are terrific, but the thing that we don't know, and again, I, I'm probably harping more on a the mysterious condition of Patrick than we know. But if if Patrick indeed was off kilter because of his a bulky knee. Then I wonder about why they wouldn't adjust to say, "All right, well, we got to push the run a little bit more, just because he he can't quite deliver with his mechanics the right way." And that becomes a question of how much that's communicated between Patrick and the coaching staff, too. Well, usually when the Chiefs aren't running well, I expect Mahomes to take off and run some, and I thought there were opportunities for that today that he passed up. Um, and in, in those play on those plays early in the in, in the third quarter, 
know, they ended uh, the first two series ended with him, or maybe it was two of the three series that ended with him keeping the ball because he couldn't find a receiver. And then he was hesitant to, to run. It's just like he, like he decided too late to do it. And, and obviously he didn't come close to picking up the first down uh, both times. Andy, Andy's also um, thinking that uh, he, he may, may be more hurting than he's letting on with that knee. So yeah, 58 plays the chiefs ran today, 42 pass attempts. Okay, we've gotten about 20 minutes in to this show, and we have not addressed the special teams. Herbie, I know we were spending some time counting all the misses. There have been so many missed kicks that we, you know, it took us 10 minutes to sort it all out. How many of your field goals and extra points and how many did Amendola have versus Butker and the operation? Man, Herbie, this – this is a major problem for the Chiefs. You you don't want to enter weeks so now. You don't want to enter week eighteen, the last regular season game, and you're still dealing with special teams issues. Look, Harrison Bucker now has missed six field goals this year, uh, three missed po- um, extra points. Sam alluded to the fumbles earlier. Yeah, five of them. Kadarius Tony with one today. Uh, Sky Moore with three lost muff punts. Jody Fortson. Uh, fumbled a kickoff return and all this is starting to really really truly add up okay because you don't want to enter the postseason in cold weather with bad special teams play because it's going to cost them for one reason or another i don't know what it is about denver we were talking about this in the press denver has broken 20 points this year five times two of them have come against the chiefs and turnovers special teams issues whatever it is but you can't go into the playoffs with these issues Hopefully we're not sounding like a bunch of homers here because we are being critical about some pretty crappy special teams play. Yeah, this was the Broncos team. I watched lose 51 to 14 on Christmas day, um, pushing the chiefs to the brink here again today. Did anybody get to talk to Tommy Townsend after the game? Was, what, did he, was he there? No, um, I, I didn't see him in there, but um, <laughs> what, so what, what do we know about the botched um, extra point attempt on the on the first? Uh, did Andy did Andy say anything about it or have any explanation of of what happened on the botched extra point? I asked Andy about it and he said ended up not being good. And then he wait, just moved wait, on. Wait, wait, what? What? Is that... <laughs> Stop he, the press. He, he kind of it. I was telling uh, Sam this. I, I didn't put it this way before, but he was he was doing a little Al, Alfred E. Newman. Uh, what me worry on this stuff? Like, I don't. I, it's it's kind of like a little too casual, but I think a little too casual for our taste, maybe. Right. But Andy's talking to the team when he talks. Right. I mean, maybe a little bit to the fans, but he's talking to the team. So he's not going to throw anybody under the bus. And, you know, that's that's just part of his modus operandi. But um, it was like remarkable that he took note that the play didn't work out. Uh, <laughs> and that was about as far as he went with it. Yeah, I was going to say, sounds like a basketball coach when you ask about the player that's missing free throws, you know. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. Can't talk about it. You know, but um, are we are we convinced that um, that a Denver Bronco got us uh, at least a finger on the field goal attempt at the end of the first half? Did, did we ever get that settled? It seemed to be officially determined that it was. Um, I, I, you know, Andy referred to it as blocked. It showed up in that. Uh, that one, uh, the one play-by-play that's official, but I, I still didn't see it happen that way. I don't know if anybody 
else actually saw it or not. Jesse, you thought you didn't see it when you looked closely at it. I didn't see it on the replay, but again, it's a wide angle. And this is just, it's a weird spot, guys. Um, every turnover worth about five points, if we just kind of adjust it to take an average, losing 25 points on special teams just from trying to field punts and kickoffs, that's inexcusable. But also, like, I, I don't know where I'm at with this because I feel like the three on Sky Moore are kind of on the coaching staff for thinking he could do it and being wrong about that and then continuing to throw him out there. They thought that Kadarius Tony could do it, and then he fumbles. Obviously, it's not a muffed punt, but um, it's one that should be there. So I, I, I blame them less for this one. This one seems kind of like when Pacheco fumbles, you know, guys trying to make a play, he has it in the wrong arm. I mean, that's maybe less coaching than execution. But when all of these stack up, it's I, I'm almost to the point where, and, and I see some fans say this sort of thing, like I'm almost there with the Chiefs, like just fair catch everything. I mean, why are you why are you punting two points a game? When you can't catch a kickoff and you can't catch a punt, when you have this amazing quarterback most games, but amazing quarterback most games, just let him have the ball. You know, just just play this. You know what I mean? Don't do the roller coaster of could be good play, could be bad play. Just give Patrick Mahomes the football and give this offense the football. Give the best offense out there um, another chance to possess it and it ended up being one of the biggest plays of the game. So I'm probably less concerned about the special teams with this game for that fumble because it wasn't a coaching decision like Sky Moore just continually putting him out there and, and trying to show trust in him, but then him continuing to muff it. But uh, that along with the, I mean, if the holds are not down by now, guys, um, I mean, this has been addressed in the media. It's been addressed on Twitter. It's been addressed by the chief's former holder. Uh, and now it seems like Harrison Bucker might be losing faith in this holder. So uh, this officially is kind of a mess in that regard, but the fumbles, I, I don't really know what to do anymore other than probably tell the chiefs that, Maybe just throw Justin Watson back there and tell him to fair catch because um, you don't want the ball to roll 30 yards. You don't want this thing to completely flip field position. But I'm at the point where I think you're probably just better off having the offense take over wherever they catch it and, and move on from there. Yeah, the other. Yeah, I mean, the, the best. Oh, go ahead, Bar. Just quick thing. At, at, at least two of the four punts that they've turned turned into turnovers, whether it was a muff or a fumble, were, I think, handled inside the six or seven yard line. And I, I, I mean, I know that you can't have a one-size-fits-all rule, but uh, on the other hand, that might seem like a pretty fundamental thing to say. You know what? It's inside the 10. We're just going to take the chance that it's going in the end zone. I mean, maybe that's a little too hard and fast. Sorry, Sam. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I, I think the Chiefs are – it's long past time. Just look, the, the first objective right now for the Chiefs when they return punts is to get as many yards as possible, and they need to alter that uh, – top objective the top objective should be to give Patrick Mahomes the football and four times this year the punt team has not given Patrick Mahomes the football after catching it so I looked it up the, the Chiefs have the fifth fewest fair catches in the NFL this year you would think the team with the best quarterback would lead the NFL on fair catches they insist on being as aggressive as anybody else out there and beyond that they are the fifth worst team in terms of yards per punt return I think we'd all feel differently about the aggression if they had Tyreek Hill back there, if they had Dante Hall back there. They don't. They're not getting the, the risk versus reward is so skewed in one direction that I hate to say it, but it's, it's really obvious that the solution is just a fair catch these punts from here on out. And it's been that way for a while. And look, when they did it with Justin Watson, you know, in the games that they removed Sky Moore from the punt returner and Kadarius Tony was not yet healthy, 
Justin Watson was just kind of a fair catch guy. Did any of us have any issue with watch, watching Justin Watson? I know Vahe didn't have an issue with watching Justin Watson fair catch punts. Nobody <laughs> complained about it. You missed five to ten yards. I mean, that that's really what you missed. I, I think I would have – they're averaging 6.7 yards per return. Like, just let the offense – the number one ranked offense in the NFL get 6.7 more yards on its next drive. Just to add a real quick point, Sam, I, I think you looked hard at this number. I just gave it a glance. But the fifth worst in total return average yards, but I think also only two teams have more fumbles or uh, – turnovers on the punts than uh than the chiefs did so boy is that a that's a, a pretty pretty lousy risk reward ratio for what they're trying to do yeah and it hurts the offense too we always talk about the offense turning it over i mean five on the special teams that's a that's a lot that's a lot for a year so real quick just the last point for me is that uh studies tell us special teams about one ninth of the game we've been talking about the Chiefs' special teams more than one ninth of the game this year that's a problem so again whatever the case may be whatever they need to get fixed uh, this is an issue right now. This is something that uh, has not been addressed enough during this season, and it does remain something to at least look at as we're heading into the playoffs here. Again, Chiefs, what they want for the rest of the season, I would say, is for us to not talk about the special teams after these games. Not to say that they won it, not to say that they didn't win it, just to not talk about it because I like Patrick Mahomes' chances to bounce back. I like the offense's chances to carry this team potentially far in the playoffs. Maybe this is just because here's, here's such a, a positive, that could be positive on the way. people on this. Go ahead. I was just going to say, maybe this is because we are we are such positive people, um, as we were <laughs> we were told earlier tonight. But um, can you guys name? There's five of us on this call that have covered every single Chiefs game this year. What do you guys think is the most positive impact play the return game has had this season? Because I think we could all pretty easily mention the, the four or five worst. Pacheco against the 49ers yeah. to start the second. Yeah, that's, the kickoff. That's what I think right? too. Yeah, that's and, what and, I think and, too. And Butker yep. had a 62-yard field goal. Um, those were the, those are the two memorable special teams plays for me: Pacheco's kickoff return and Butker's 62-yard field goal. I forgot who that was against, um, but uh, the, but but those were outstanding plays. So I'm so I'm watching the Packers Vikings tonight, and there are Packers returning the kickoff for a touchdown to make it 10 nothing. I'm thinking the Chiefs don't come close to doing anything like that. They don't return a punt. You know, they, they don't, they don't make impact special teams plays. How about the playoff game against Houston three or four years ago when they forced a fumble on a kickoff return and, and then uh, Dan Sorensen snuffs out a fake punt and that special teams turn that game around. I mean, that's, that's above and beyond of course, but I just can't think of any impact plays made by the Chiefs special teams this year. You're, well, shooting, you're, shooting, for, you're shooting for an A Blair. Again, I think they should shoot for a C. Or like a pass. Like, a just don't mess up. You know what I mean? They should shoot for don't mess up at this point. Well, I was I was telling Sam, it's the first it do no harm. You know, it's – and by the way, just the numbers are right here. You know, Pacheco's uh, return was 48 yards that game. You know what their second longest return is? 23. Second longest kickoff return this season. And their longest punt return is 22 yards by a guy who wasn't even playing today, McCall Hardman. So – Justin Watson, by the way, had the second longest with 17, Sam. Just the only reason you mentioned that stat was just to throw a Justin Watson reference in tonight. Herbie, let's let's take, I think take us out, Herbie. nailed it right there because I think help. Go ahead, Herbie. Hopefully, hopefully y'all can hear me because I'm having internet connections here problems. But Larry nailed it. I think that this could this could change a lot of things here. You got to remember when 
they decided to go to Sky Moore they, they, because they thought that McCole Hardman was going to have a bigger role on offense, which, of course, it hasn't happened. Then he got hurt. But you're, you're talking about a guy in 2019 who made the Pro Bowl as a returner. But for one reason or another, you know, you got to get him back out there. I think he, he's your answer. He's your short-term answer for the playoffs because he's someone you can rely on. Yeah. Of course, he had that fumble against Buffalo in the AFC title game a couple of years ago. But who's – who <laughs> I I never I never thought we'd be at a, the McCullough Hardman as the guy you can really rely on face of the Chiefs special teams, but but here we are. <laughs> all right, uh, we all still have some work to do, so let's get back and, and do it. That'll do it for today on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to George Howard who produced the podcast and the live stream, and our Sportsbeat Kansas City production staff of Monty Davis, Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. Tip of the cap to Vahe Gregorian, Sam McDowell, Herbie Teope, and Jesse Newell for sharing their insights. Morning Sports Edition has all the Chiefs, NFL, college football, NBA, NHL, you name the sport, they cover it in digital fashion. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com, see what I'm talking about. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.